Hello, USPHL fans, and welcome to the absolute best audio podcast for junior hockey in all the land. There are many who imitate, there are many who copy, but there will never be another Dan K show, and there will never be another Dan K. And because there's only one, it makes him very easy to introduce the one, the only, the real deal, 100% certified fresh, Dan K. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Lucas, I want to let you in on what I hear in the back of my mind while you're introducing me each week. And mm-hmm. it's the, the song, I Am a Real American, that Hulk Hogan used to come out to. <laughs> and I feel like I'm going to come out to like Dan K. Mania here and start like rip, ripping the tank open and coming out <laughs> and ready to go, ready to wrestle, ready to talk some hockey. I get excited every time you introduce me in and I am excited to talk NCDC Combine Week this week, man. This is a fun show for us. We kept the guest free because we have so much to get into, so much to talk about. Uh, the An incredibly successful event, and hockey is back, ladies and gentlemen. Hockey is officially back. The ice is frozen. The skates were on. We were in dire Indiana, and we are dying to talk about the USPHL's Chicago Combine. It was such a fun week. But even more fun is how we pay the bills. We get to those reviews first, and each week, Lucas tells the hockey parents about a nice, refreshing beverage they can have on the road their next time out. And Dan Kay shares his coffee tales, his coffee wonders, and his coffee loves with you, the viewer at home, of how he keeps his energy so high and his body going through weeks of hockey seasons. Lucas. Start us off with your review. Well, first I've got a little bit of a recommendation for the folks. Uh, So we were in Dyer, Indiana, which was, uh, we're at the home of the Midwest Blackbirds. And, you know, kind of situated out in that that Midwest and a bit of a nexus for a lot of things going on. If you're in the area, you absolutely have to go to Malt Brothers Brewing. Uh, Dan and I went there um, for some dinner one night and we were not disappointed. The food was on point. You had a pint glass full of bacon that was glazed in brown sugar and their signature brown ale. Um, Their German beers were on point. I had the Dunkel. Dan had the brown ale. And then I finished my day with the the Battle Penguin. And it's just this dry, earthy stout, you know, low alcohol, 5%. And it was just nice and crisp, nice and refreshing, not sweet at all. If you're in the area where the Midwest Blackbirds are, if you're in the Munster, Dyer, Indiana region, uh, definitely check out Malt Brothers Brewing. Um, but for today's beer review, I have a beer that Dan and I picked up while we were in Dyer, Indiana to bring home because it's by a brewery that we love, Rheingeist Brewing. Uh, it is a brewery based in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, it's a beer that you can't really find in Jersey. Um, so this is aimed more towards our Midwest friends out there uh, the midwest west the midwest east some of these western states league teams um, you'll be able to find rheingeist in the cincinnati area it's this one's good this one's called the cheetah uh it's a lager it's kind of their base lager and it i mean it's just phenomenal it's 4.8 percent alcohol by volume it ran us 8.99 i believe for a six pack um and it's it's just good it's it's lager it's you know got that pale straw color that you're used to one sip here it's light it's crisp it doesn't hang you know on the back of your tongue 
it's even got a little bit of like an effervescent apple going on that I'm not sure comes from the grains or the yeast or, you know, kind of that brewing process. So it's a nice mix of, you know, think of your, your standard, your standard lager, uh, like a Budweiser, a little bit lighter with a ton more flavor. And, and I think for the price, you're supporting a, a crap brewery. It, you really can't beat the, the Rheingeist Cheetah Lager here, Dan. I am actually really stoked on this one. Um, a lot of times lagers are good, but they don't impress because, you know, it's really hard to make a good lager. Um, while this isn't as bready as I would have liked, as I prefer in my lagers, I do like this sort of lighter apple sweetness. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and give this one a 7.3. I'm going to say this is a must-buy um, for folks that are looking to support a local brewery or folks that are just looking to kind of elevate that, you know, after a long day of being a hockey parent, come back to the hotel, crack open a cheetah lager. So for those of you, congratulations, that had effervescent apple in your pretentious things <laughs> Lucas will say during a beer review on the Dan K Show podcast. If you had that in your bingo board, put that chip on there because you just earned it. That was, wow, Lucas, effervescent apple. I will tell you, I mean, if I knew what effervescence meant, I'd make fun of you even more. But I'm just over here doing my best. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to describe because it's, it's not apple, right? It's not like apple juice. It's, it's sort of like the, it's like apple adjacent, like the suggestion of apple. But it is apple very adjacent. bubbly, sort of almost like a, a little more bubbly, like closer to almost a cider-esque. But it's, it's not it's not a cider. It's a lager straight in that category, just a little bit bubblier and the, the smallest suggestion of apple. So Lucas, we're on two different roads this week. This week, I wanted to challenge myself with my review. And we were on our way back from the Chicago Combine in Dyer, Indiana. We had a nice 12-hour drive together. Um, thank you for driving the whole second day, Lucas, while I use the car as a mobile office. Um, <laughs> but we're driving and Lucas grabs me a coffee. And the moment I took that first sip, I said, this is Newman's own. Lucas gave me that, that upset head nod knowing my feelings on Newman's own. So I decided to grab my own Newman's own bag and brew my own at home. Thinking to myself, I'm a brew artist. I know how I like my coffee. I know how I like it served. I'm going to give Newman's own the real chance. And Newman's own, obviously Paul Newman's company, an incredible guy, an incredible, uh, movie athlete there from Slapshot, right, Lucas? I mean, and, and one of the greatest hockey movies, if not the greatest hockey movie of all time. I do love Miracle as well. I do love Mighty Ducks, although I have some arguments about that that we will get into on a later podcast. But the Newman's Own Coffee Game, man, it is a coffee for folks who like warheads, right? Like people who like that like bitterness, sourness, something that really makes you pucker. I mean, it's a coffee that, to me, it wakes you up more with the bitterness than it does with the caffeination. And that's just not what I'm going for. I'm going for a coffee that has drinkability. I want to have two, three cups throughout the day and enjoy it and feel that energy from the caffeine and have the taste to it, have it be an enjoyable experience. I just don't love Newman's Own, Lucas. I know we've stopped at McDonald's before. And McDonald's runs with Newman's own and like McDonald's always a clutch stop on the road at like 10, 11 o'clock. But just in terms of this, I just, I, I stay away now because I just can't do the Newman's own. I just, the Newman's own to me, I just can't wrap my head around it. I give it, I'm going to give it a, five, a 4.3. 
four point three. And I think I think I think that that's by far my lowest score on a coffee. That's lower than the instant coffee I had, Lucas. And I just, to me, it just doesn't hit home for me. If you're in the bitter, though, it's definitely your thing. If you're somebody who likes a shot of espresso with a little bit of bitterness to it, try out Newman's Own. But for me, there's like a burnt popcorn to it that I just can't get over. And, and I can't get my, I can't figure it out because I can't do it. Well, I admire your dedication to go out and buy your own bag. Um, but, you know, it was interesting because you had yours with, you know, I think it was one one creamer in it and a little bit of sugar, and I had mine black. And I got to be honest with you, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it was bitter but thin, where sometimes bitter coffees have like a full body. Um, it just wasn't good at all. Um, and and I certainly have not had McDonald's coffee in a long time separately, and now I'm learning that it was Newman's own from you, and that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> I know Newman's owned by the taste immediately. I, the first time I had it was through a Keurig machine, man, back in the day when Keurigs were hip and cool. And, and mm. I just, I just have never been able to wrap my head around it. I, I love Paul Newman, but I just can't, the, 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 the coffee itself can't do it. 4.3. I mean, Lucas, what's your favorite spot? Let's, let's get into it. Let's get into the free skate here. And before we get into hockey and the free skate, I'm just going to keep the coffee discussion going. We, we just talked about Newman's own. What's your favorite spot to stop and get a cup of Joe on the road? We drive all over this country, all over this, this U.S. of A. Where's your favorite spot to just stop and get a cup of Joe? Well, I think one of the things that we love to do, and people who follow us on Instagram uh, sort of know this, is we always like to try to go local. So if it's in the morning when the local shops are open, you can always, always just search for coffee shops and pick one that isn't a national brand, go to it, and their coffee is going to be out of this world good. I've, I don't think I've ever had a bad cup of coffee from a local, cup of, uh, local coffee shop. Now, that being said, we drink coffee seemingly all hours of the day. Um, my favorite coffee spot, I, I like the fact that I can go to any Starbucks anywhere and get my tall, flat white with coconut milk, or I can get a double shot of espresso, or I can get a cup of coffee. And it's the same everywhere. There's no guesswork. It's open late. There's a drive-through. Um, so I think Starbucks might be my favorite primary option. Um, what's your What's your primary option here? Because we'll get to the backups so you, in a second. But what's your first choice? So, okay, so you're saying you're bougie. So that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, my bougie option, I'm going to jump into that real quick, It is actually out in downtown St. Louis. I, I'm not. I'm not like the biggest fan of the city, the downtown St. Louis area. It's not. There's not as much to do as I'd like in a, in a big city, a major city. But I do love the stadiums, the ballpark, village, all of that. The essence of St. Louis, the people. Candia. It's a little shop in the middle of town, in the park. I was at the Chell All Star Game this past year. Not a big deal. And I got myself a nice little salad, and I got. They do their own vanilla. Lucas, they, they make their, they grow their own vanilla beans somehow. I don't know how, I don't know where, and they make vanilla lattes and it is an absolute experience. So I, I suggest that to anybody who heads out to the St. Louis area, mm -hmm. but on the road, my go-to is always Tim Hortons. It's Tim Hortons. And in Jersey, we've got one of them. We got one Tim Hortons in the state of New Jersey, I think two now. So I never get a chance to hit Tim Hortons unless I'm on the road heading out to the Midwest. And we're going to give an absolute disclaimer right now, Lucas. Do not go. If you are on your way out west, if you're going out to the upcoming combine for the USBHL, if you're going out to events later this year, 
do not stop at Gerard in Gerard, Ohio, because that Tim Hortons just recently shut down. And Lucas and I, Lucas got to watch me be absolutely heartbroken when we tried to stop in at that Tim Hortons in Gerard, Ohio. We are 0 for 2 at Gerard, Ohio, because <laughs> the first time we tried to stop there, the Tim Hortons hadn't yet opened. We Correct. went to stop there this time, and the Tim Hortons had closed. We missed the whole Tim Hortons. It was gone. Huh. We, it burned bright, and it burned out quickly. Um, and so we, we have not – but the thing is, it's still listed on Google Maps. So please avoid the one in Gerard, Ohio. Um, Dan, I think one, one clutch spot to let the people know is how much we love Burger King coffee. Yep. Seattle's best, baby. You can go Seattle's best anytime, anywhere, any day. It's just a middle-of-the-road coffee experience. You're, it can never go too low, never go too high. Seattle's best used to be the airline coffee. That used to be like anytime you're on a plane, you got Seattle's best back in the day when they had like phones in the back of your seats. These young guys listening to us right now are like, what the heck is Dan K talking about? <laughs> but they used to have Seattle's best on like every plane, and that is where it's at, man. It's a great coffee. Yeah, that's a good time. Uh, so I think the lesson here is we we always encourage people that wherever you are, because there's co- independent coffee shops everywhere. I know there's Ahers Roastery up in North Jersey. They've got a couple of spots. There's independent coffee shops all over this country. And I think, you know, especially now, especially, especially now, these independent companies deserve our support. They deserve our money. And I have, I am hundred percent on I've never had a bad cup of coffee for an independent roastery anywhere we've ever gone the smallest town the biggest cities um, so we would encourage you to go there but if you're stuck if you're on the road if you're at a truck stop I think the general ranking might be a Starbucks a Tim Hortons if it's available but if you are just in the in the doldrums and you need a cup of coffee Burger King coffee is no slouch it's a way to go man it's a really smart place to go and Tim Hortons, I mean, I, I just love that place. But, you know, you know who else we have to give love to right now, Lucas? You know who else we got to talk about? We got to talk about the success of the USPHL. Guys like John Schwartz, Frank Scarpacci, Josh Boyd, who came together, Dave Peters, who came together to put on a one-of-a-kind event, an event that brought hockey back to the masses, back to the world. We finally got to see Skates on Ice Hockey returned to us here for the first time in a long time out in Dyer, Indiana. And, Lucas, this whole thing started the USPHL Chicago Combine, which is where NCDC scouts, USPHL premier and elite scouts from all over the country came out to get eyes on some of the best and most talented skaters in the country. This event was supposed to be held at the Chicago Blackhawks practice facility, a beautiful setup, an NHL setup there. And as things got closer, you started to see the state of Illinois, very similar to us here in New Jersey, Lucas, rinks not open yet. They're not allowing folks in the rinks yet. So the great minds at play in the league were able to pivot to move and get this event to a safe area in Indiana where things had opened back up just a little bit more. Restrictions were a little bit looser. And they were able to put on an event that was safe for everyone and beneficial for all the athletes, coaches, and organizations throughout the league. Yeah, and it was it was really an incredible moment of uh, you know of of planning of getting everything together. I mean, everybody you know for people who don't know these events, they take so much planning. They take so much of the the you know, the details, right? It's, it's getting the scouts, it's making sure the coaches, you know, setting up with hotels, it's, you know, making sure the players are organized. The USPHL 
you know, and, and John Schwartz is out here running with, with seven or eight different teams so that players are able to get enough ice time to be scouted. So there's jerseys, there's locker room assignments, and they were able to move it all flawlessly, adapt it to where the Midwest Blackbirds play flawlessly. It was a great event. I think it went off without a hitch. Um, you know, we showed up and, and there are signs clearly marking everything. Um, one of the most interesting things was, you know, adapting to have the outside locker rooms, adapting to have outside informational sessions, and just being able to take this event and give these players and their parents as well this professional combine experience while still adapting it to the situation that is that we're currently living in. And Lucas, I think this is where we transition into the Q&A portion of the show. And what I want to do is kind of take turns. Let's go back and forth here, a little, little back and forth passing game down the ice with one another. Let's ask each other questions about the weekend. Let's get into this. Let's dive into the details, dive into what it's all about. And where I want to start with you is we talked to so many great minds throughout the league, throughout the game, so many athletes. Who, I'm going to put you on the spot right now, who are you most excited to talk to? What was the most interesting conversation you had this weekend at the event? Well, you know, I, I think one of the most interesting conversations I had was uh, sort of twofold here, Dan. It was a conversation with the uh, Dells Ducks and the Rum River Mallards uh, coaching staffs. Uh, talking about some upcoming events that they have and and trying to promote the Duck Cup, which is a, a three-game weekend tilt between these two teams um, to award uh, a special midseason trophy. And I cannot tell you how excited I am for these hockey midseason trophies to take off because college football has has had a monopoly on this thing, it seems like. And there's no reason why hockey can't get into the game because we don't have just the Duck Cup coming up but we also got to talk to Mr. Smolovich from the Charleston Colonials. And they've also got a little bit of a weekend tournament that they're trying to put together. And that's where I think this twofold most interesting conversation for me is, Dan, because clearly the Rum River Mallards and the Dells Ducks are excited about the Duck Cup. They are drumming up support. They are recruiting full tilt right now. We talk to coaches and they are literally battling over players, it seems like. They are they're trying to outdo one another with their recruitment pitches. They're trying to make sure that, you know, their kids are a fit for their system. You know, they're not out there trying to hurt other teams' recruitment chances. But these two squads and these two coaches, they know what players they want. They know what players fit the system. I think Coach Falzone and Coach Tristan Jensen are two of the most motivated coaches that we met there. And they're trying to make their mark on this league and you go down to the Charleston Colonials as well and, and you talk to this squad and we've talked about them last season. A number of their players made our all Dan K teams. And this is a team that's ready to roll. They're looking to expand. They're looking to make it bigger and better this year. They are in such a great hockey area with the Carolina junior Canes and the Charlotte rush and a bunch of other teams from the Southeast. They know they need to be competitive. They are ready to hit the ground running this season or hit the ice skating um, and they're just fired up. And I think the optimism, the enthusiasm, these coaches are ready to get back to it. And they're getting back to it, it seems like, at 110%. And they were helping to drive the energy at this combine. And I think that's why it was so much fun, Dan. 
Yeah, and you look at – I mean, you want to talk about a guy that's on an absolute war path to win. It is Tristan Jensen right now, the Rum River Mallards. We talked to him, and we, we can't get – we can't wait to get out there and see what Tristan's putting together. Coach Jensen, you want to talk about a team that's going to be on the rise this year. Put the Dan K. Show bump on that guy right there. That is Rum River Mallards, red alert. Put the sirens on. Watch out for this squad because this guy is absolutely buzzing, man. He wants to get going. He wants to be moving. And we're going to be having him on the show very soon to talk about his plans out there in Rubber River, to talk about what they're looking to do, to talk about the success that they are trying to reach, the, the pinnacle, the pinnacle of success, winning in the Midwest West, man. There are the Midwest West, the USPHL Southeast, the last two years, have been two divisions who you don't know what's going to happen in a given weekend. And they are trying to reach the top of a mountain that is difficult to climb, man. That is the Mount Everest of hockey. And I can't wait to see what he can do. You talk about that Duck Cup, man. Lucas, we did it again. Yet again, the Dan K Show comes up with an idea, and it blossoms into a world of just opportunity. And I can't wait to see. I want to see rivalries all over this country. You want to know what? We've talked about it with every single coach we got the ear of this weekend. We talked about throughout the season, a player gets tired, right, Lucas? You get tired as an athlete. Those doldrums of December, when you're thinking about going home and seeing the family for those two or three weeks you might get off, or maybe the one week, depending on your schedule and how your, your games fall. You're thinking about, man, I'm going to finally get the skates off. I'm going to finally get to leave the ice for a little bit. I've been playing it for three, maybe four, maybe five months straight, and I'm tired. I need that day off. Well, guess what? Here comes the Duck Cup. Here comes the Cheese Curd Cup presented by the Dan K Show. Here comes the Battle for Charleston, whatever you want to call it down there. It wakes the boys back up. For every organization that listens to us here at the Dan K Show, talk to us. Reach out. Let's get these rivalry games put on tape. Let's get these rivalry games going, and we will be there ready to cover it. I can't wait, Lucas. Yeah, I think it's it's really exciting the way teams are really taking the bull by the horns when it comes to promoting their own squads. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head to be able to look forward to this mid mid season kind of a three day, three game weekend. The fans love it; they get involved. I'm sure you're going to see a bunch of uh, fans going into enemy territory to try to support their team. Um, but Dan, I think one question I want to ask you is, you know, for people who have seen the two of us work at a showcase or at a combine. What they see is they see Dan Kay interviews and Dan Kay is in front of the camera. He's the professional interviewer. I'm the one making sure that the lights stay on and the camera stays rolling. So Dan, from your perspective, since you did so many interviews and you talked to so many people, who was your favorite coach interview? And then who was your favorite player interview? Because we even got a couple of players to sneak onto the interview stage. I can start with player. I got to start with player right now. And that's the Farley brothers, man. And these aren't the funny Farley brothers. These are the athletic Farley brothers, man. Noah Farley and his brother out there. These kids are ready to go. And I only say kids because I'm so old. These guys are absolute animals. You got a 16 year old and an 18 year old. You got these guys ready to come out and play. They're going to be playing in Richmond for the Richmond generals and coach RC like, and you want to talk about, you want to know when a guy's doing something right. It's when the whole family wants to come play for you, right, Lucas? And, and that's what you've got with these two. These two gentlemen, watch out for the Farley brothers, all right? The Mario brothers were good. 
they were solid. You know what I mean? They were jumping on the heads of turtles. They were kicking around shells. But this might be the most potent scoring family duo since the Ladankov brothers, Arkip and Philemon, who just got to their final year with the New York Aviators, who scored 10 bajillion goals. Speaking of New York Aviators, you want to talk about being one of the greatest professionals in media of all time, Lucas? Not a big deal. How about that transition into my conversation with Coach Mike Stanaway, who we are also going to have on this show very soon to talk about his program, the success of the New York Aviators, the system he runs, the way he puts things together, and why they have the most exciting program in hockey when it comes to offensive output every single year. Mike Stanaway, Lucas, this is a guy who has had an incredible incredible career behind the bench this is a guy who has put together a team that frustrates everyone this is a guy that one of my favorite conversation of the weekend talking well my favorite hockey conversation of the weekend as i got one more guy to talk about before the silver my favorite hockey conversation of the weekend mike stanaway talking to me about hey you know we had five on threes last year where we'd have the five on three advantage I'd pull the goalie. He's like, "What? my guys are so good at passing the puck. I trust them so much. We're scoring if it's six on three, and there's no way they're getting a puck off us. We're not making a bad pass. To listen to a coach who has that much faith in his players and that much want for offense, this guy's Mike Martz. This guy is, is Dick Vermeule with the, the greatest show on turf when they put that thing together. This is just get out there and run. Get into the play. If you're a defenseman, you're not just blocking pucks, man. Get up there and score the puck. And you see a guy like Danilo Sicanos, who played for him last year, left the team, came back to him, and just the offensive output, 12 goals, 62 assists. You'll see him in our Dan K show, all Dan K, all Lucas J matchup at the Premier Lucas. As that's a, That was a crazy game. This guy just doesn't stop. The, I mean, Mike Stanaway, what a fun organization. And then, Lucas, we got a chance to see Jason McCrimmon, too, and we just posted an article today when we're taping, but you can look back at the Dan K Show's Twitter account. This is a guy who, I mean, the founder of Detroit Ice Streams, the work he's doing for the youth of Detroit, Michigan, the, the, the players, the, the young children, he's giving a chance to put skates on in a world where they may have, in a life that they would have never put skates on, to grab a hockey stick, to try out the game. He's introducing young men and women to a game that they may have never had an avenue to reach before. And we talked to him a little bit about his work, especially in the climate we're in now, Lucas, with the, the stuff that we're starting to put out from the Dan K show, the stories we're trying to tell. And, and Jason McCrimmon, as a, a black owner in the USPHL, a owner of the Motor City Hockey Club, a former professional athlete himself. And someone who, when you ask any other coach in the league about them, all they have is incredibly, incredible superlatives. And I don't have any superlatives, Lucas. That's why I had to say incredibly incredible. I just made up things. I don't even think you're allowed to do that. But Jason McCrimmon, man, the work he's doing out there, now they're partnered with the Detroit Red Wings and are going to be doing online virtual classes for those kids that would have not had a chance to get in the ice because of COVID-19, because of quarantine, because of Michigan still being shut down in so many ways and ice rinks not being accessible, you're going to now have a chance to see the likes of Jason McCrimmon teaching you the game of hockey, how to stay in shape, what you do, and, and the life lessons that you'll get to learn from someone as incredible as Jason McCrimmon, a guy who's in the top 40, under 40, in the latest NHL release. I mean, it's I, getting to talk with him every time we see Jason McCrimmon, man, it's an absolute treat. 
yeah, I think the insights that he has into the game and, and into, you know, into the game in his area is, is just incredible. I mean, you, you mentioned your conversation with Mike Stanaway. I think I might steal that next time I play you in shell. If I get a five on three, I'm, I'm pulling that goaltender. I'm going to, I'm just going to pull my goaltender line. All six guys have put the blue line and just start a firing squad on you. Uh, Be careful. You know, if there's one thing you know about me, I can't score even strengths. I can only <laughs> score on the PK. I don't know why, ladies and gentlemen, but it drives me nuts. And Lucas has watched me rip my hair out wondering why. <laughs> That's true. I mean, but you know, the only way I could score is with a, a wrister well aimed from the blue line. So we'll uh, we'll see which one wins that battle. But yeah, it's it's just been it was a, a bunch of really great conversations. It gives you the opportunity, especially at these these showcases, to kind of dive into where the guys are getting. And if you ever wonder how the Dan K show puts together that sort of initial power ranking where we talk about these teams and how we think they're going to perform in the season, it's talking to coaches. It's if you see us talking to coaches at these combines and at these summer events, we're getting the lowdown. We don't come out here and just bloviate with, you know, just putting our hot air out under the airwaves. We know these teams because we talk to the coaches they're emailing, they're texting, we're talking at showcases. If we have a question about a team, we text the coach. We find out the info. So we are not out here making guesses. That ain't no guess. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> All right, Vicky Valancourt. So I got a question <laughs> for you now. You know, we were out here watching this event. You got to get out in the ice with the camera. You were out there almost taking pucks to the head there to get the job done. And I, I will tell you, you, when you want to talk about a guy who does yeoman's work, folks, Lucas is the is the ox, and I am Paul Bunyan. I am just there. Lucas is getting all the job done. He's pulling the plow. He's 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 doing all the work that needs to be done to make this actually happen. I was John Schwartz and I were joking around. John Schwartz, the Midwest chair there and the the director of the Midwest for the USPHL. We were joking around. If something happened to me, the show would move on just fine. They just changed the name. If something happened to Lucas. I don't know what we would do. I wouldn't even be able to put things on the internet, Lucas. I'd, I'd have to get a megaphone and hope I shouted loud enough for everyone to hear me around the U.S. So with you getting out in the ice, seeing all the drills, what was, in terms of the hockey out there, what was your favorite thing to see? Was it the goalie drills? Was it the on-ice games? Was it the coaching? What was your aspect in terms of the actual player development that you liked the most? Well, I think it's, I think it's, again, you know, it's, it's twofold. Um, I think the, one of the things was absolutely the goalie drills because you threw a whole bunch of players out there on the ice, more pucks than I've seen in the entire season's worth of hockey. And they just had, they had, it looked like six to seven stations. Goaltenders were broken up into groups of two or three and the goaltenders rotated around to different stations and each station was a different skill. You saw uh, you tested a goaltender's ability to move post to post. You tested a goaltender's ability to watch the pass from the low angle to the slot. And then with the goaltender at a neutral position, try to stop left to right. You saw goaltenders who were being tested on, on how quickly they got down into the butterfly and how well they could kick save. So it was an extremely thorough demonstration of goaltending ability. And it was during that demonstration that I did almost actually take a puck to the head. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm standing on the bench camera in hand trying to take some pictures trying to take some like really good close-up video um, for something that will be debuted on the USPHL page and all of a sudden I hear a puck whiz past my head and strike the wall about two inches behind me and I hear a chorus of ooh and then coach Tristan Jensen go 
hey, boys, maybe keep these shots a little lower, please. <laughs> um, I like to think my head would have absorbed the impact. Uh, the second biggest head in hockey. Um, and there's got to be someone out there with a bigger head than me. I thought you, I thought you were making a joke about me, honestly. I mean, mine is not <laughs> physically big, but I, I do think a lot of myself at times. <laughs> I feel like yours might be like a balloon, whereas mine is like a white oak tree. Uh, in terms of its density. Um, but the goaltender stuff was, was really incredible to watch. I think there was a lot of good goaltending depth that was there. There were some younger players that really impressed me. Um, some smaller goaltenders. You know, the, the hockey is going through a transformation right now. And smaller players, are, it's not about, them say, not about them finding a role. They are the player now. The smaller player with the athleticism, the quickness, um, the strength. I saw a lot of great talent, a lot of great mobility from some smaller goaltenders and a lot of finesse from some bigger goaltenders as well. These are not just big bodies like the seal from the Geico commercial and net. These guys, they can move, Dan, and, and they did such a great job. And, you know, that takes me back, I think, to the opposite end to these games. And, you know, you might think that these combine games are just a lot of offense, right? But one of the last games we saw, somebody's coming over the middle of the ice and he gets hit. And his teammates, and I, I would like to preface this by saying these kids have just met. They show up, they get a jersey, you're on Team Royal Blue, you meet your teammates. This kid gets hit in open ice and all his teammates go, oh, we didn't like that very much. Huh. And the game, this combine game, just became physical. Like these guys have been playing with each other for their entire lives. So I think one of the great things about this format is not just the skills, but it's getting to see how these guys can slot into a system, right? Because you can, you can say, oh, his shooting's an 8.5 or, you know, oh, he's, he's quick with the pass, but his hands might not be great. But there's something to be said for the idea of this player just met his teammates 12 hours ago. Is he going to go to bat for them? Is he going to be generous with the puck? Is he going to no. support his teammates, pick them up? That's something that scouts are looking for because that's exactly what these players will be doing in the NCDC, they're going to get brought into a system with a lot of returners and they're going to need to slot in and not only learn how to work with new people, at the drop of a hat, but they're going to need to go to bat for these boys. And I think that's one thing we saw on display. I think the talent was great, but I think the quality of player, the quality of person that this showcase attracted was definitely second to none. And that's what it is, what you're looking for when you're recruiting, right? You're not just looking for what a guy does on the ice. You're looking for what, who a guy is on the ice how he acts, how he interacts, and, and how he plays together with a team. I mean, we can all get out there and we can put on the dangle show. We could take the puck for a walk and we can make it look pretty for a play here or there. But, I mean, you're not just going to skate by people all day long at this level. And for the folks who are trying to get seen, those players who are trying to get seen by the NCDC scouts and coaches in attendance who are trying to get to that Tier 2 level and are, and are trying to play there or for the players that were trying to get scouted for the, the premier and elite squads as well. I mean, when you get to this level of junior hockey, you get to this level. The, I mean, the USPHL is, is by and large the best junior hockey in the country, man. You, you talk about the biggest geographical for, footprint. You talk about teams from all over. You talk about the playing styles that come from teams in the West, teams in the Midwest, teams in the Southeast, teams in the Northeast, how it just plays out the way it does teams in the Rocky mountain region. And, you got to be able to play, man, and you, you can't just be able to play on your own. you got to be able to play with your teammates. And, and when you put 10, 15 guys together on the ice who have never met before, 
and you watch him react the right way, it's easy to recruit that guy. It's easy to say, I'll make that guy a good hockey player, right? Like if you don't have everything there, I'll go, I'll go figure that out. And that's what you saw from a lot of these scouts. Still, we heard from a lot of these scouts and, and these young players, they were putting it out there on the ice this past week in Chicago and, and a big pat on the back to all them. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, it was really incredible job is a really incredible event. And, you know, Dan, I've, I've got one more question for you. And, and I think we've, we've really kind of given our impressions and we've, we've talked about a lot of what made this showcase special, but we've got another one coming up and yep. I think it'd be interesting to hear your sort of overall thoughts, you know, as, as, as observant as you are walking through these events and seeing the interactions, especially between coaches and players, what are some of the things that players should work on or players should know, not just hockey related, right? Cause you're, you're obviously meeting these coaches, you're talking to them um, and you have a, a successful career inside the sports industry on the backside of it, you know, with meeting new people and, and trying to make a good first impression. So what are some things that these players might want to work on or keep in the back of their head as they're getting ready, not just to showcase their skills, but also talk to these coaches face to face. So I'm going to say something similar to what I tell folks in the broadcasting industry or folks in the business side of this industry, when they reach out to me, college students, young, young people trying to make their mark in this industry, trying to take that first step. When you walk in for a business meeting, when you walk into that building, the moment that door opens, the interview started. I don't care if you're sitting in the lobby. I don't care if you're asking security for a pass that you can get in. I don't care if you're if you're meeting me for the first time and shaking my hand and I'm interviewing you, the moment that door opens, the interview starts and the interview does not end until you leave that building. And that is something I think is so important. And one of the big things I watch and one of the big things, a lot of the coaches I talk to watch is kind of how you interact throughout the weekend and not just the 15 to 15 minutes that you spend skating on the ice, right? And then you head off and you, you go, you go clean up for a bit, you come back, you do it again. No, it's everything. It's every moment of it. How are you talking to other coaches? How are you talking to scouts? Are you blowing off people who you might not want to play for? Are you blowing off other players that you might not want to be playing with? Are you a good teammate? Are you, are you talking to the media? Right. Because you talk about a lot of these teams that are recruiting out there. I mean, there's media involved. You're going to talk to the team's broadcaster. You're going to talk to local newspapers at times. You're going to go to an elementary school and have to read a book to, to a bunch of young students there that are the future of possibly the game of hockey or just the future of the world. Right. And you're there's a lot of things you're going to have to do where you are. Once you put a jersey on your back. Once you put that logo on your chest, it's no longer about the name on the back. It's about the name on the front. And we all know in the game of hockey, you don't step on that logo, right? You don't step on that crest. And you need to be aware that you are a representative of whoever you wind up signing with. And the moment you walk into that combine, whether it's Chicago, anywhere in the country, you are on the clock and you are being interviewed. Bring your best, bring who you are, and if you are who you are, and you are the best you you can be, I guarantee you, you will be seen, and you will be successful, and the hockey will happen, right? I mean, you're at that event, it's because you're good, it's because you're talented, and it's because you have a future in this game, so bring that, bring the effort, work on it, 
right? And if you haven't been working, you show up to a combine and you haven't been working out, you haven't been staying in shape, you're in trouble already. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what you do off the ice. You're in trouble already if you're not in shape when you show up. If you're not ready to go, you can't be skating with cement in your shoes. The, the scouts, obviously, the coaches will understand there ha- the skill might not all be there right now. You haven't been on the ice, right? The, the speed might not be there. But you got to be in shape. You got to be ready for this thing. You got to be prepared. You got two weeks left. And you got to be prepared. You got to put the, put the pedal to the metal right now. But once you get in that building, you're interviewing, man. That's how you get successful. That's how I got to where I am. That's how Lucas got to where he is. That's where all your coaches, that's how they've gotten there. Everybody you see at the NHL level, that's how they got there. They walk into a room and they're ready to go from the absolute moment those doors open. Be ready be prepared and go get it. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's really it, Dan. I, there's nothing, nothing really to add on top of that is, is just except to say, go back and rewind and listen to what he said again, because everything that, that just came out is exactly the way that you need to be prepared is exactly the way you need to be behaving out there. I mean, like I said, Dan and I have talked to these coaches time and time again. We know the players they are looking for, so this advice is not just us talking, right? This is, this is us from our experiences with coaches, with scouts, with the owners, with the players they're looking for. So definitely take that advice to heart. And if you are going to the next combine, we are excited to see you there because we Ooh. are going to be heading out there. It's going to be a fun time, Dan. I'm really excited about it. I can't wait. I got to book our Marriott hotel, Lucas. I got to figure out where we're staying and hopefully we can stop and get some golfing again. We golf twice at Foxburg Country Club, the oldest operating country club in the country on our way out in Pennsylvania. It was a nice little time, Foxburg, Pennsylvania. Yep. And Dan, as you said, we were on the course. You can take solace in the fact that if you mess up a chip shot on the fifth hole, there was a, <laughs> a man 150 years ago who also messed up that same chip shot. That's it. Or you could be like me and just chip in for birdie on the 18th hole to end the weekend and have Lucas not speak to you for four hours. Oh my God. Five iron from 165 out, 20 feet uphill on the green and Dan chips in. Incredible. Lucas goes, oh, you better, you're off the green for three. I'm going to hit this to win the match here. And I just go, okay. And accidentally chip in. I'm not going to say purposefully, but chip (laughs) in for birdie. I'll take it. I'll take it as a win. But with that, We got another win for you, folks, because hockey is not just about on the ice. It's about the off the ice, too. You're not just an athlete. You're a student. There's another A on top of athlete. It's academics. And that is why we take you to Lucas's educational corner. The smartest man I know is going to tell you the smart thing he has for you today. Well, I think one of the biggest things has to do with what we've talked about, and that's preparation. Um, You know, in in terms of academic success preparation is key Um, and so I will tell you one of the things that I tell all of my students uh, when it comes time for testing because the SAT and the ACT are coming back we've got tests in July we've got tests in August Um, some players are in finals right now and then we'll be getting back into the school year for a lot of them in September scientifically speaking you cannot cram for a test it doesn't work you can't magically play a tape while you're asleep to learn information You can't stay up all night the night before studying for a test. What converts short-term memory into long-term memory, again, scientifically speaking, is sleep. So without sleep, all of the stuff you learned is just kind of gone out the window. So you need to be prepared. If you've got the SAT, ACT coming up, 
you need to start preparing a couple of months out with online materials or hire a tutor. There are a lot of tutors available. I know because I'm friends with most of them. There are tutors available. They will help you. They're looking to help you. There's also great materials online and a lot of prep books out there. If you're studying for your finals after this podcast is over, turn off the phone, turn off the computer, go study right now. Go study for your finals. You cannot wait till the last minute. Just like you can't wait till the last minute to get back in shape for a hockey combine, you cannot wait till the last minute to study for your tests. Lucas, incredible work yet again. So beautifully put, so wonderfully wrapped up. I got to tell you, you know, when we wrap up the show, your words, your parting words are always beautiful with how well that academic corner was done, the educational corner. Can you tell me your parting words for today's show? Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful, Lucas. I will give you my parting words. This time, it's a nice little quote that I like. Destiny is no matter of chance. Destiny is a matter of choice. And right now, we have a few weeks left till hockey is fully back. It's underway. We've seen skaters out in the ice in Indiana. We're getting ready for more hockey. And we are going to soon enough be playing hockey yet again. Well, guess what? Your destiny, so many times people look at those who are successful, right? The 100-point getter like a Jared Fisher who just got drafted into the NCDC by the Northern Cyclones, a former Fort Wayne spaceman. You look at that and you say, man, how lucky is he? Well, guess what? Destiny is no matter of chance. It is a matter of choice. And those 100 points that he was destined for were destiny because he made a choice. He made a choice to work hard to fight hard, to scrap, to scrape, to claw every day, and to put in the work. When we look at those who succeed in the game of hockey, it's usually, you can almost always draw to the guy who's on the ice that little extra. Look, we all know the Yaramir Yager out there, the guy who just naturally can do it, the guy who will sit in the stands during practice and let everyone else do the cardio and tell him, hey, I'm Yaramir Yager, I'm going to go out there and score no matter what, and he'll play till he's 50, and he's just magical at the game, and it's just natural to him. There will be here and there that person. But hard work, dedication, and putting the work in every day is how you find success. It is how you reach your destiny, and whatever that destiny may be, whatever you are destined for, you got to work for it. You got to earn it. You put yourself in the right place to be lucky. You earn lucky. We all earn lucky. And that is what we got to be doing right now. We are weeks away from getting this season underway. You want to be on the next all Dan K team. You want to be on the next all Lucas J team. You want to be the MVP of your league. You want to be a player of the year. You want to be the top point getter. You want to be the goaltender that stops the most pucks. It's got the best saves percentage. You want to put up that 9-4, that 9-5, that ridiculous number that Dan Kay and Lucas Jones are going to be waxing poetic about later in the year. Guess what? Put in the work. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Let's get ready. Hockey is coming back. And when Dan Kay's on the mic, it is always hockey night. Make sure to check out the USPHL. We thank them for presenting today's show. That is www.usphl.com. Do not forget to check out the USPHL, the league in junior hockey, the league in the game of hockey. You can also check out more on the Dan K Show at www.dankshow.com. You want to be a guest, reach out to us there. Follow us at the underscore Dan K Show, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We also have 
a big show, a show I beg of you all to watch. Please, Monday, June 22nd, the Dan K Show presents Hockey is for Everyone. Please watch. The stories shared are important. They are needed. And we need everyone in the hockey community to support, to share, and to watch with us. Let's work together. Let's make this game the best it can be and the best for everyone. Thank you for watching the Dan K Show presents Junior Hockey.